Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. I'm so, I mean, they're all great. I love all the times we get to talk. This is a topic that um, I've been really, really interested in because I know so many of us um, through our process, uh, if you if you're someone and you're watching this or, or you're listening to this and you're a person of of the Christian faith, and um, but even if you're not, uh, I think this is something that that you'll find interesting uh, if you are interested in in all in uh, what we believe is the in, inspired Word of God, the Holy Bible. And Bubba, this is going to be a very interesting uh, conversation. Uh, with Jay Payleitner because this book arrived at our at our studios here. I don't even know how we got it, and I walked out and it was lying on the table. And I looked down, and I saw the title, the next verse. Uh, what you never knew about sixty of your favorite Bible passages. And the more I started looking at, it, the more I thought we got to have this guy on the podcast <laughs> uh, because it, it's, it's an a, interesting topic right out of the, well, the title of the book. Isn't it? Well, because you know if 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 verses are taken. Out of context, many times you you start developing a theology uh, that is incorrect, um, or at at best case scenario, inch deep, mile wide, and uh, it's been described as bumper sticker theology. Uh, these are the kind of verses that people put on bumper stickers, and they have cross stitched in their homes, and they have them on plaques, and a lot you, of times hanging in your bathroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why people put Bible verses in the bathroom, but yeah. uh, but I don't know what's going on with their digestive system. But a maybe, lot of times, deep thought. Maybe they there, need it there. Yep. Uh, but uh, and you'll even see these things not as much at government schools anymore, mainly still at Christian schools. But you'll even see them on run through signs where teams will run through them, people write them on their faces, and these kinds of things, and that certainly okay, but you may want to take a deeper look, and that's what Jay means by the next verse. Have you read the next verse? Uh, have you read the verse prior? Uh, so Jay now joins us on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Jay, thanks for taking time to be with us. Well, uh, Rick and Bubba, what a privilege to hang out with you guys, and uh, you have captured exactly uh, the zeitgeist of this book and how it's captured the imagination of some folks out there. So I appreciate you having me on. What a Jay, privilege. Jay, I, we, we want to get into a few of these uh, and break them down, but where did this idea right. to do this? I mean, there's a lot of Christian literature on different topics. I don't think I've ever heard of one called the next verse. Well, um, uh, it, this is both a, a humorous kind of, th- of topic <laughs> because it's surprising how often the next verse is uh, – compelling and sarcastic and uh, and uh, uh, even conflicting the previous verse but um it's a and it's a serious topic as well but uh I uh, I got a new Bible uh, about 20 years ago I got a new Bible and I happened to be shortly thereafter I was uh, in church and the preacher was talking about Ephesians 2 8 and 9 chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 and that's um and that's for it is by grace you have been saved yeah. uh, through faith, not by works, not of yourselves, uh, so that no one can boast. And I was like, well, that's fantastic. What a great, that's good stuff. That's about grace. And you can't earn your way into heaven. You guys know that. Sure. And so I was appreciating that. And then that preacher keeps talking, reading the next verse. And it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And it was uh, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Well, it was mind blowing. It's like, wait a second, what is it? Is it <laughs> is is it grace or is it works? Um, now you got to dig in there, and you got to know that your uh, your your faith leads to good works. All that to say, in that moment, 
I opened that new Bible and I wrote in the in, inside the back cover. I just wrote Ephesians two eight and nine plus ten, <laughs> the next yeah. verse. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, since then, I've I've been collecting uh, verses and next verses. And you always got to start with one of those verses that are on the coffee mugs and the refrigerator magnets and the bumper stickers, as you said. Um, and I've got them around my house. And I bet you many of your listeners and viewers have verses on their walls around their house. And as you say, even in their bathrooms. Yeah. Well, and you start the book with a, you know, you, the one of the best ways to, to make a point is to use, you know, an outrageous example of if we d- d- say this is no big deal, it doesn't really matter, and, and, and so what, what's the harm? Well, you start the book in the introduction going, well, here's the harm. What if the verse you chose without reading the next verse or any verses prior, Psalms 14.1, then you would have a verse that says there is no God. Um, I, yeah, I've had that quoted to me a few times. Well, the Bible <laughs> says there is no God. Wait a second. Wait a sec. Yeah, the Bible does say literally the words, there is no God, but that's part of a bigger verse. That's in, in Psalm 14. And it's only fools say there is no God. Right. Yeah, that's a, so, that's a big difference. <laughs> that's a, a little bit, yeah, that's a little bit. That's a big difference. Exactly right. Uh, so uh, there is a uh, there's a good number of preachers out there who talk about the idea of context. Right. Uh, reading verses in context. Uh, who said them, where they're to, who, what the audience is, who they're talking to. And we need to know that. But what surprised me and what, what led to this book is how often... It's a popular verse, and people don't even know and have not read the next verse. And that's the I, I and sixty times I, I got a chance in this little book to spend a few pages on sixty different verses, and they're surprising next verse. So you also in the sixty is included John three sixteen. We've seen it. Well, we've seen it on signs. We've seen it on uh, athletes' faces. Uh, uh, football it, games. Right? They, they hold it up on sheets yeah. in the end zone. Yeah. John 3.16. Yeah, which is which What is happened certain... to that guy with the crazy hair that yeah, used to be the behind rainbow. the goalpost yeah, every Bubba, game? I think that was you. I think, Bubba, I, th- I think I recognize you in the stands. <laughs> I mean, he was in every game. Hair. Yeah. Well, the, the thing, the point you make in the book on John 3.16, I'll let you unpack it, is you need to read the next verse. And John 3.16 is wonderful. And it, it, it's in I've even had some people, which is a little bit different angle than you take in the book, that have said to me and and tried to walk it out. I'm a little confused that John 3.16 said, for God so loved the world, but then Jesus tells me not to love the world and the things in it. I'm confused. And, of course, as we know, I said, well, what God's talking about in John 3.16 is that he so loved the people of the world. Jesus is telling you not to love the sin and the things of the world. Uh, that's two completely different things. But in English, when you just see it you know, listed that way, Sometimes you're like, I'm, I'm confused. Is God contradicting himself? But you you go a different angle, which is the next verse, and it also talks about because this, um, hey, it's okay. Uh, back back to, Most of the things you take on are the abuse of grace, which we're thankful for grace, but, but the only way that we really understand God's grace is to understand his wrath as well. And, and John 3, 17 uh, doesn't seem as sweet. <laughs> Um, well, uh, again, you, you're proving how astute you guys are in uh, in how you're unpacking some of this stuff, uh, and I appreciate that uh, more than you know. Uh, but we know John three sixteen for it's all about God's love and how He gave His Son 
and we're talking about eternal life. Um, and it's it's uh, it's not a warm fuzzy. It's just this brilliant uh, yeah. uh, ability to, to uh, looking forward to uh, a future in heaven. And uh, and everybody knows it. I mean, I, I bet you 90 percent of your listeners probably quote the whole verse, John 316. So I don't even have to now. But John 317. Have you, the question is, have you read the next verse? Um, and we're not we're suddenly not talking about grace. We're talking about judgment right. and condemnation. Um, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. And then the next the next verse, John 3, 18 says, the world, whoever does not believe, stands condemned already. That's pretty ominous um, and a little frightening. And maybe it should be. But the, here's the point, and you've already made it, that uh, you can't have one without the other. Right. You can't have grace. There's no reason to have grace unless there's judgment. Um, and so maybe the big takeaway from that uh, John 3.16 and the verses that follow are Jesus is on a rescue mission. Uh, that's why he came uh, to rescue you and I and, and all your listeners there. So uh, that, that was first, the first chapter in the book, because uh, it's kind of obvious. Um, when they put that uh, sheet up at the end of the football's uh, uh, end zone with John 3.16, I, I do wonder um, how many folks, you know, at halftime, they're curious. They go look it up and, and find salvation. But again, you got to keep reading to the next verse. There you go. Well, I think one of the things that, that jumps out at me, and I've been this because it happened to me in my own life, is when we don't read the next verse or verses, um, is many times we can get a false sense of redemption. Uh, and that is, okay, I was watching TV. I saw John 3.16. No one has ever really walked out for me uh, why I need to be redeemed. Mm. Uh, and you know what? It says that God so loved me that he gave his son, and if I believe in him, I'm not going to hell. So you go, okay, I believe in him, and then you move on. And uh, you, you haven't learned about repentance. Uh, you haven't learned about uh, leaving faith in self and putting faith in, in, in Christ. You haven't learned about uh, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, leaving your own authority. Uh, you haven't learned about abiding in him, and, and then he will produce much fruit in you, proving that you're his disciple. Mm. And and so a lot of people go to a box and say, all right, believe in Jesus. And, of course, you know, other other parts of the Bible, James takes us on. Well, demons believe that. Mm. Uh, but um, so I, I think that's where this book is important, that we're encouraging people to to have a deeper dive, even especially, I would say. You know, we, we do that a lot when we talk about sanctification. But I think too many times we don't take a deeper dive when we're clearly explaining justification. Well, uh, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to say that justification is a moment in time when you really, truly understand our sinful condition and our need for a Savior and become really, truly broken. There's a, there's a moment of brokenness and celebration, and, and, and it happens in an instant. Uh, and I'm so glad that it's not up to me yeah. when I decide who is uh, justified by, by, by grace. Uh, but let's give a lot of credit to that to that sanctification process. Yeah. Um, you know, the thief on the cross, boy, in that moment in time, yeah. he was justified in an instant. Um, and then uh, he didn't have too much time that he to be sanctified. No. But uh, let, let's 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 shoot for all three justification, a moment in time, sanctification, a long process, and then uh, glorification when we all get to hang out Ooh. in heaven. And that battle's over. Kid. 
That battle, that battle, this pull into the barn. That this battle and this fallen flesh is over. Paul, you could tell he was even tired of it. I heard somebody say, I thought this was beautiful. The reason why Paul, and we'll get into this when we come back. The reason why Paul wrote that beautiful Romans chapter eight is because of what he had to deal with in Romans chapter seven. He's frustrated. Mm -hmm. He's tired of his sin nature. He's tired of this battle, and he's saying, but 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 therefore those that are there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Of course, that does mean that there is for those who aren't. But we'll come back another uh, of the 60 that you see i mean everywhere comes out of romans chapter 8 and we'll talk about that when we come back uh with more with jay pay leitner and his book the next verse on rick and bubba university the podcast this is the rick and bubba show watch more at blaze tv.com slash rick and bubba rick and bubba rick and bubba so Jay Payleitner is our guest. This uh, this book is a great resource. It's called The Next Verse, What You Never Knew About 60 of Your Favorite Bible Passages, Romans 8, 28. Um, Jay, you see it everywhere, and uh, and, P- and it, it is a great passage of incredible hope, but you said read the next verse. You, you, mm-hmm. you kind of need to know the whole thing, so, so take that one on. Uh, Romans 8, 28, uh, and we know... That in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, even that, that those, those, you know, 15, 20 words alone, you can unpack a lot of stuff in there. Uh, it's in all things, God works for good. And, well, it's only though for those who love him, who those who have already been, um, been uh, justified. And it's according to his purpose. It's not our purpose, but his purpose. Uh, but that's Romans eight twenty eight. So you can spend a lot of time just on that alone. Sure. But uh, let's uh, let's move on uh, to say uh, to w- do this war- <laughs> to do this warning with Romans eight twenty eight. Uh, don't quote this in the middle of a tragedy. Right. When your best friend <laughs> loses his job, or his house burns down, or his kid goes through something terrible, or his wife leaves him. Um, uh, if you start quoting that verse, people get angry at you. So you need to need to grab onto that verse well before that, or maybe several months after that. So that'd be one warning. Don't just say, "Well, God's going to work it out for good when your house burns down," because people are angry. They don't they don't want to hear that. Um, and the, and the point is that when something bad happens, people are saying, "Well, where's the good? Tell me where the good is." And uh, and it doesn't get the verse Romans eight twenty eight doesn't guarantee. That the goods goods going to happen instantly here and now. It really it relates to God's uh, purpose, the long time purpose, um, and His purpose is for us to conform to His image, to the right. image of His Son, which is the next verse. I'm going to read the whole thing, if I may. Sure. Romans eight eight twenty nine and thirty. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conform to the image of his son. That's the whole point of Romans 8, 28. Bad stuff happens, and the good out of it is that you are going to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, and those he predestined, he also called, those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. We've already been talking about that, the idea of justification leads to understanding that we are being conformed to God's image, and and being glorified. Now I'm, I'm getting kind of deep here, and I and I need to <laughs> need to confirm that I, I, I like books that are easier to read, yeah. that are just you, you plow through them. 
and so we don't want to scare anybody away. That's the, I, that's the last thing I want to do, Rick and Bubba, is scare folks away. But uh, I do want folks to know that when God, when bad, nasty stuff happens, and it will, that the whole point of it is that we are going to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Yeah, and, you, and you're right. Where that confusion comes in, if, you, if we don't use this correctly, you're, <laughs> you're exactly right. I'm standing in the rubble of my home, and maybe, God forbid, a family member has, has died in this fire, and you're saying, hey, don't worry, God's working all this out for good, and you think you're talking about like in the next few days? Are you talking about what good is going to come from this? And really the better way when you read the second verse, which you keep saying read the next verse, is to say it won't always be like this. Yeah. Um, What's coming is ahead. It may not even happen while we are in this fallen earth because you're always going to miss this person and, and it's never going to be okay. And you may see things happen in your refinement uh, through all this, that's all true, and and I can certainly speak to that. Uh, and you may say see people watch you stand firm with your faith and be drawn to God through all this. But ultimately, if you read the next verse, Paul is saying, "Look what's coming. Look where we're going. All of this mess is one day going to be gone, and that this the place where houses burn down and children get sick and children die and wives leave husbands." That one day, all that's going to be over. So, so keep that in mind. And as you said, and I've heard many people fight about the whole part about predestiny here. We're not going to go down that road today. But really, in this verse, what he is talking about is if Jesus is so strong, and if you have truly been justified, it is predestined that you will become more like him because of how powerful he is. You'll be, we'll, you'll be conformed to his image. That is going to happen if you've truly been justified. And even a step beyond that, you're right. We may not know till we get to heaven right. the impact that we had and our witness had. Sure. Um, there's this idea that um, when bad stuff happens to uh, to to Christians, to Christ followers, bad uh, when bad stuff happens to pagans, to non-believers, <laughs> right. uh, something bad also happens to to, uh, to Christ followers. So the world can so the world can see the difference. So even it might not be something you see good in your life. But we're, we want to get die, get to heaven, and take as many people with us as possible. So part of the good might be your witness to somebody yeah. else, yeah. Um, and uh, that's pretty satisfying. Even though, even though, again, you're right, there is more, still pain on this earth. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's about get dragging yeah. others with us to heaven. Yeah, and having fun along the way. Or you know, like you said, look at Stephen. I mean, look at look at Acts chapter uh, chapter seven. Mm. Uh, I mean, here's Stephen. He's done everything exactly the way Christ told him to. He's preached with a boldness that he's got so much of the Holy Spirit, his face is glowing like an angel. It says that he was full of grace, full of power, he was full of faith, and he was full of the Holy Spirit. He's the only person in the whole Bible that gets all four of those, and he's a, he's in charge of the food ministry. I mean, he's not yeah. like some – he's not even one of the teachers. He, he is a, He's just supposed to deliver the food to the widows to be sure that they aren't overlooked and here he is, and and Jesus is standing at the right hand of God, meaning you know, out of out of out of reverence to this this powerful disciple of his, he's getting stoned. Jesus never st- steps in to stop the stoning, while 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 standing at the job that he's doing, and and so but but then they go over and lay their feet, uh, I mean their jackets at the foot of a man named Saul, and and so Stephen was not rescued from the stoning. 
But that stoning, the good that came from that, was how it impacted Saul. And and you you hear Saul talking about in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, and 10, I shouldn't even be an apostle because I persecuted the church. He's remembering that. And so the only thing good about me is the grace that I have been given by, by my Lord and Savior. However, that grace will never be in vain. And, and so sometimes your difficulty, if it doesn't do anything else, might be used to impact somebody else that God uses in an incredible way. Even if he's called you to him, that person picks it up, and that would have never happened without your suffering. Uh, yeah, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, right. uh, was inspired because he saw Stephen get stoned right. and was was chuckling at the time, was yep. all glad about this stoning. Yep. But the witness of, of, of Stephen uh, accepting the, the, his fate uh, inspired ultimately uh, and uh, get, getting kicked off his, uh, his donkey helped yeah, too, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, think about that. Stephen <laughs> says, showing that he is a disciple of Jesus, he says, don't hold this against him. Oh, good. Uh, the, the, yeah, very, the very people who are who did he learn that from? I mean, Jesus oh, on the cross. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The, don't 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 hold this against them. And I think Paul, when he's writing that second letter to to the church at Corinth, it's pretty obvious that that persecution of the church, including Stephen, always stayed with him, uh, reminding him of how gracious God had been. And he 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 knew he couldn't earn that salvation, but he he certainly wanted Jesus to see that the grace that was afforded him would never be in vain. And uh, and you see, you know, there there's the good being worked out, and you say, but but Stephen, where was? Why didn't he step in and stop the stoning of Stephen? Because that that wasn't what God was working out. You know, Stephen's fine, but uh, you know, uh, and so uh, that it's, it's that future glory that I think we miss in in, in uh, Romans eight twenty eight. Very good. Hey, thank you, man. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and uh, uh, there's other other verses that you've talked about. There's sixty. We certainly won't cover. All sixty, uh, but uh, here's another one, and I, Bob, I've seen this one on on houses. I, I mean, it's it's a verse that I think inspires all of us, especially husbands and fathers. And that's Joshua twenty four fifteen. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Yep. You you see that on houses, you see yeah. it in houses. Beautiful sentiment, but but yeah, the, I, I have a friend who's got that on their welcome mat. Yeah. Into their house. Sure. And it's a, it's a lovely, it's a, you know, eight or 10 words there. As for me and my house, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And it just makes you feel warm and fuzzy. But uh, I'm, that's one of those verses that I didn't know where it came from. The first, first 20 times I read it back when I was first a believer, it's like, Oh, it's, that sounds nice. Joshua. Um, this is Joshua's farewell. Joshua twenty four fifteen. Now we know Joshua uh, took over from Moses yeah. and finally uh, led the Israelites into the Promised Land. Old Testament stuff. Um, uh, he's a hundred and ten years old at this point, and he gathers. He assembles all the tribes of Israel in the valley or in the desert of Shechem, and he reminds them. He spends most of chapter twenty four reminding them of God's faithfulness through their entire history, talking about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and crossing the Red Sea and the time in the desert, God's, God's faithfulness. And then he reminds them that, you know what, you guys, once in a while you turn to those idols. And then he looks out at the crowd and says that great verse that we all know, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And the very next verse, <laughs> the very next verse, it says, quote, the people replied, 
we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods, which is the exact right answer. And then Joshua, in his wisdom, you know, isn't quite sure he knows these characters, these Israelites, and he goes, okay. And, he, and two more times he says, he, he challenges them and says, well, I'm going to serve the Lord. And they, uh, are you going to turn from God? And two more times they say, no, we will serve the Lord. So our friend Joshua, he dies a happy man. Uh, they bury him, and that's the end of the book of Joshua. And we feel pretty good about that, except we know what's coming. Uh, we turn <laughs> yeah. to the very next book in the Bible, Judges. And uh, two chapters in, those rascally yeah. Israelites <laughs> are doing what they do best, and that's worshiping idols again. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, when you see Joshua twenty four fifteen, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, that is not a warm fuzzy. Yeah. That is a challenge for you to, to consider your idols. Yeah. What, do you, what are your idols? And it's probably not a golden calf. It's probably... Uh, a big house, or uh, fame, or fortune, or being on the, the you know the radio with Rick and Bubba, that kind of thing. <laughs> some, some moment of, of fame, uh, all, all, and all that to say, uh, and you and don't just look at that verse and feel good about it. Commit right there. Right. It's like as for me and my family, I'm going to make that my family a priority that they also serve the Lord. And that's just one of those fun yeah. fun examples that just jumped out at me. That was the that was the one that said I have to write this book. When I when I yeah. came across that and cuz I looked at the wall. It's it's in my house. Yeah. I looked at the wall in my house and I go, "Oh my goodness, what's the next verse?" Right. And that forces you to to look in context. We'll come back. We'll finish uh, our, our conversation today, and it's uh, it's a great conversation. The book's called The Next Verse, uh, and I would strongly, uh, and Bubba as well, we would encourage you because the way it's laid out, which we'll talk about a little bit coming up too, uh, it really is a it, it's a it's a challenging read, but it is it's an, it's not a difficult read. It's it's an easy resource to use. Jay Pay Leitner is our guest, and we'll come back when Rick and Bubba University the podcast continues. All right, so Bubba, we know that uh, you know uh, the times, uh, the economy. You're going to have to just separate yourself from all the propaganda that's going on. And there's a lot out there. A lot out there. You know how you find out the situation if you want to know whether we have inflation. Just what are you paying for your energy? What are you paying for your groceries? Yeah, head to the grocery store. That'll clear what, it what in. What are for you paying you. for for anything? Well, and also, when's the last time you checked your retirement? Hey. That looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, well, uh, even if it's there, it, it won't buy as much as it used to, Rick. Well, that's the reason why diversifying may may be the wise thing to do. And we want to suggest you go with Allegiance Gold. They can help protect your IRA and your 401k with physical gold and silver. And if you prefer, they can have it delivered securely right to your front door. Uh, the approach is different. Now, what do you mean it's different? Well, a lot of times when you go with other competitors, they just want to say, well, this is what we're doing, and we do the same thing for everybody. Uh, what they call it, boiler plate, and then we yep. used to call it. Yep. Just- well, Allegiance Gold says, no, let's find out your situation, and let's customize a plan that is for your situation. What works for Bubba may not work for Rick. That your situation set up differently. So they develop a long term strategy. That's why Allegiance Gold has some of the highest ratings in the industry. Five stars with TrustLink. Triple A rated with the Business Consumer Alliance and an A plus from the Better Business Bureau. Would you like to find out about their best offer yet? Up to twenty five hundred dollars of free silver on a qualifying purchase. Well, go to our URL. It's uh, protectwithrickbubba.com. 
protectwithrickbubba.com. Put our names together. Uh, or you can call them. If you do mention Rick and Bubba, call 844-790-9191 or go to protectwithrickbubba.com. Jay Payleitner is our guest. The book, The Next Verse. And, and we've gone through some of the more popular verses. There's 60. We're not going to get all those uh, in this uh, this one podcast. But, Bubba, we've, we've walked through some big ones. Yeah, we have. And, Jay, we were just wondering, give us a little bit of your background about becoming a Christian and uh, how you grew up and, and how you got to where you are today. Uh, thank you. Hey, um, I, I grew up Catholic. And, uh, and you know what? Good, faithful Catholics— Ultimately, when they really understand grace and and uh, and find Christ, uh, make great uh, evangelicals. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, went to the big, ended up at the big non-denominational church on the edge of town, and uh, great teaching there. Um, but uh, from as far as my writing career, I was uh, in advertising on Michigan Avenue, Chicago, for a decade, and I did uh, TV commercials with Mike Ditka for Midway Airlines and. Um, and I, uh, I was on. The, I led the creative team that named Sunships, but then uh, God, but God called me. I, I and Corona Beer. I did TV spots for Corona Beer. Um, uh, God called me to do uh, to work on radio for Christian Ministries. So I had a privilege of of producing uh, Josh McDowell Radio. Many of your listeners know Josh McDowell. Oh yeah, yeah, we yeah, we've had him on several uh, times. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, what a privilege that was. Uh, what an authentic. Uh, Man, he is. And for Chuck Colson, uh, every year I, with Chuck, I produced his uh, Angel Tree radio program. And then for the Bible League, for Voice of the Martyrs and, and Heritage Foundation and Susan B. Anthony List, I just produced tons, thousands and thousands of radio programs. And then, uh, then I wrote a book and a book, another, another book. I've written over 30 books now. My best-selling one is for dads, 52 Things Kids Need from a Dad on family relationships, and I do speaking around the country with Iron Sharpens Iron and the National Center for Fathering. Uh, my latest book is Hooray for Grandparents, because I got eight grandkids now. Uh, what a great <laughs> privilege that is. Um, all that to say, uh, uh, God uses it all. That might be my takeaway from my life is even when I was in sales, I, my first job, I sold photocopiers. Oh my golly, was it was I terrible at that? Uh, but God uses it all. Uh, so if you're going through whatever you're going through now, Rick Bubba and all your listeners and friends and fans, uh, you go. What am I going through? This I can promise you that God is going to use that to uh, to bring others into the kingdom. Well, Jay, what do you do with your spare time? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, today uh, <laughs> married 43 years today, guys. Congratulations. Oh, I'm hoping to get some extra kisses today and that to answer your question. All right, we gotta we gotta give him congratulations. One, two, happy anniversary, baby. I got you on my mind. There you go. It's for you and your wife. And I'm stuck with you guys here today. I know. I what is this? Let's wrap this podcast up. I mean, yeah. no, that's uh well, congratulations. Uh, yeah, so you, you you were doing copywriting and marketing and yep. and all that very similar. You you're very familiar with our industry then because you've mm. and uh, we know Josh and and just this week I got the Angel Tree. Uh, Christmas ornament in the mail because uh, we we support Prison Fellowship and all the great work that Chuck did and continues to do even after he's gone on to glory. So very familiar with all those organizations and ministries that you've that you've been with, and really uh, excited to to find out. I, I was not familiar. Uh, we weren't, but I don't know if you were with the other books that you've written. No, but, I, but, I was not. But now this opens the door for us to go I- enjoy those. So um, and. Well, uh, 
Yeah, th this one here, the next verse, uh, it, it got me out of my comfort zone. It, it forced me to uh, to dig a little deeper. And uh, I mean, I, as for a living, I, I open up the Bible and, and do research and such. But this was a special project for me. Well, you, most, you, of my, most of my bestsellers have been on family relationships and getting life right. Uh, the other one, uh, what if God wrote your bucket list? What if God wrote your bucket list is, uh, is one of my favorites. So thank you for, uh, for acknowledging all that, gentlemen. Gentlemen, I call you gentlemen. Is that okay? <laughs> That's yeah, we get called worse. Uh, so <laughs> gentlemen is very fine with us. Uh, is, there, is there another verse you want to hit right quick as we're kind of wrapping up yeah, here, uh, Jay, that you think would leave a, a lasting mark with everybody today? Well, there's yeah, you know what? Uh, and I can do this pretty efficiently. Uh, it's such a warm, wonderful verse. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Don't we just want to? We want to oh, sit in the it. shade oh, yeah. and drink lemonade with Jesus. Come all who are weary, because we're we get weary and burdened, and He's going to give us rest. But gentlemen, the next verse, the very next three words, four words is, "Take my yoke." upon you right so he's going to give you rest but he's got he's got work for us it's like well <laughs> again that's the very next verse yeah but if you keep reading in matthew 11 29 and 30 take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls not just rest for your body but you'll find rest for your souls my yoke is easy and my burden is light jesus can carry a lot of weight guys he carried the sins of the world so you know he's going to take take care of you. Plus, it says he will learn from me. So he's when you're yoked to him, and who wants to be in a yoke? Oh man! But if you're with Jesus, he's going to carry the weight. Right. He is going to whisper things to you as you're as you're working alongside him, and um, you will find rest for your souls. So the punchline of those two or three verses is maybe we should take on more burdens. Rick and Baba, maybe we should take on more burdens serving alongside Jesus because he's going to take the weight. He's going to whisper directions to us and give us give our life purpose. Wow. Yeah. It, I, I, I've, I've, I've heard that same verse I was discussing before with a friend of mine. I said, this is where we always make the mistake. Because he says that his yoke is easy, we interpret that to there's no yoke at all. Right. And and he didn't say that. He, he, he just said because of him, uh, there's no burden that, that you can't carry because he's going to carry it for you and he's going to carry it with you. Uh, but it doesn't say that there is no yoke whatsoever. And, uh, you know, we, we always take these verses and conveniently try to mold them into something we're more comfortable with as opposed to being convicted by them and let God mold us into something he's more comfortable with. Well, and, yeah, he may, he'll, he's gonna make, he'll make us work. He's going to make us work sometimes, but that's going to make us stronger and better and wiser and, uh, and help us uh, serve him in all we do. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, we're going to come back. We'll wrap it up uh, with uh, with our new guest, uh, first time on Rick and Bubba University, Jay Pay Leitner. The book is Next Verse when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. So our guest is Jay Pay Leitner, and we have had a blast. But, Bubba, we would be remiss, as much as you and I have talked about this for years on the program, 
with the with the next verse, and, and I want to tell you about this book. It's what you never knew about 60 of your favorite Bible verses. These are the ones that make the bumper stickers. They make uh, the crochet. They they make the T-shirts. They are written on people's faces. Oh, tattoos. People to tattoo them on their body oh, yeah. and all this. And, uh, and what Jay is challenging us a little bit on is be sure you read the next verse so you fully understand uh, what you claim uh, to be embracing. And the one that I wanted to be sure, and this will be our last segment, we can't leave without Matthew 7, 1. Uh, Bubba, you and I have talked about this. He also takes on uh, the, the the woman caught in adultery in the book, too. Oh, yeah. And this is, I mean, we we have. Oprah I, loves to quote this one, by the way, on her TV show. Yeah. She used to quote this all the time, and I would scream, read the next read line. Read the next line. <laughs> read the next line. Do not judge. Or you too will be judged, and we have a generation of really not just lost people, Christians, who who think that all Jesus ever said in Matthew seven was "Do not judge." Uh, it is clearly one of the most misused verses in all of Scripture. Um, and uh, indulge me when I say the, the 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 non-believers who use this verse might be right. There's a sense, uh, gentlemen, that we can't. Hold non-believers oh, that's to the true. same to the same standard saying. that we hold ourselves. Saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. They, they don't they don't have the Holy Spirit. Right. There's a sense this love this Bible, the love letter to you and I, to, to all of us, to Christians. The love letter to Christians is gibberish. Can be gibberish to uh, to uh, to non-believers. Uh, it's your eyes that get opened when you when you accept Christ as your Savior. Now, and on the other hand, in the Christians, we have a responsibility. To point out the sins in the lives of other Christians, First Corinthians chapter five, right. Paul writes, "It isn't my it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning." Um, but the next verse, the next verse goes on to uh, kind of how we're supposed to judge each other. For, right. for in the same way you judge others, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So, um, Rick, Bubba, if you see me sinning, I need you to point it out to me or each other. Rick, when you see Bubba sinning, you need to point it out to him. That's what a, an he's authentic perfect. friend in Christ does. Yeah, but he's perfect. It never happens. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no time spent on that one, Jay. <laughs> finishing, finishing up the thought on this, that great image of, uh, you know what, uh, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye when you got a big old plank or log in your eye? So really, um, it's a, it's good to judge because we need to identify right and wrong. We need to need to know that. Sure. Uh, but maybe, guys, we need to spend more time getting our own head on straight. And uh, when we see sin, and it's all around us, but when we see sin, let's lead with love. Uh, and the loving thing to do is to point out sin, but also the loving thing is to come alongside someone and see where they're coming from. That's the way we're really going to impact this world, this nasty, nasty world that's getting creepier and creepier all the time. It well, seems. the, yeah, the yeah. way that it was abused on the TV shows oh, yeah. was mm-hmm. anything goes. Right. There, there was no oh. right and wrong because no one could ever point out that they was right and wrong. Correct. So there was no right and wrong. <laughs> and, and, of course, in this next verse— yeah. And Jay, I'll let you give the line. Uh, even though that you should not judge, it does make a judgment in the next line. Um, well, of, of course, uh, do not judge or you two will be judged uh, is 
almost a r- ridiculous statement, if I could say that, if you just take those seven or eight words. Uh, the whole, all of Scripture is about uh, making choices of right and wrong and, and, and good news and bad news. So um, it's, it's ridiculous just to take those, those eight or ten words. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and, Jesus, and, it, yeah, and what, what he says is once you stop, don't be a hypocrite, but once you remove the log from your own eye, then you will see clearly to judge correctly, to, t- oh, to well, take the spec. Yeah, and he, so he's not <laughs> saying that you never get around to it. Just be sure you don't do it incorrectly. Now, you are 100% right that uh, sometimes the church, and it's been one of the things that's actually been quite frustrating uh, to me in the Western church, is that 1 Corinthians 5 is completely ignored. It's like we only talk about those outside the church, but when there's sin going on in the church, there's no church discipline whatsoever. And 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 what Paul is saying, look, if there's one area where where you certainly have a green light to point out sin is within the church. Uh, as a matter of fact, that that's where it should be going on for sure. And then when you're like Bubba's talking about, when you're talking about right and wrong, be sure you're not a hypocrite. Don't go out and start saying that my standard on sexual purity is this, but you're not living it in your own life. Uh, and and be sure that you judge correctly. And then, and, and we have a, we have about five minutes. You do take on, uh, you know, Jesus with the woman caught in adultery, and of course, you're saying the thing we don't miss there when you get to the next verse is what Jesus says to her after the final moment. He takes on hypocrisy yeah, as well, but he he does have his a final word. Yeah, her. he does have yeah. a final instruction to the woman. Um, well, you have to give Jesus credit for bringing. Uh, uh, um, uh, peace and, and thoughtfulness to the moment. No doubt. Um, uh, the, uh, the Pharisees, they're dragging this woman in front of him, and they say that the, and, and they're right, the Pharisees are speaking truth. The, uh, the Old Testament says this woman needs to be stoned because right. she was committing adultery. And Jesus, what does he do? Does he give a long lecture? No, he draws in the sand a little bit and gives everyone time to think it through. And uh, one by, and then he says, very short, he says, Yet let you who are without sin cast the first stone. Let you who are without sin cast the first stone. And one by one, those uh, those Pharisees walk away. Interestingly, it's the older, more mature Pharisees oh, yeah. that walk away first. Yep. Uh, going, oh man, that Jesus of Nazareth, he Got he me. bested he bested us again. Right. Um, and then the younger ones go off because they want us. They want to stone this woman. But uh, but the punchline of that whole verse is that. Jesus doesn't say sinning's okay. No, he never no. says that. No, uh, he he is saying uh, he is actually saying we all sin. Uh, but then to the woman at the at, at the very end, he goes, uh, "Go and sin no more." Uh, Meaning so that she did sin and it was wrong. Yeah, but I think mm. the bigger picture there is he's showing he has authority to forgive stuff. Correct. That he's oh. he's actually the ultimate judge. I think a lot of people miss that as the umbrella thing to the whole story. Well, like so many of the, well, that's not a parable that actually happened, but so like so many of the stories in scripture, especially surrounding Jesus life, you can, you can read that 15 times and see, Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And that again, this is the the concept of of any good Bible study or any good devotional uh, is to dig in and and dig deeper and, and keep reading till you keep reading till you get surprised by something, which is, um, why so many people are confused by the Bible because they stop reading. 
they 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 come up to something that doesn't make sense or they're confused or they makes them angry so they stop reading but if you keep reading god's going to reveal the bigger picture you read dig in um read the next verse and the next chapter uh and god promises he's not a god of confusion he's a god of challenge but he's not a god of confusion amen jay thank you for the effort yeah. and the time that you put into this book because you know, this is something that we've all talked about, but for you to to answer the call of God, to go grab all this and organize it. But also, I want to tell you, because I know some of you are like, oh, this sounds like a tough read. It really isn't. Now, it's, it's a convicting read, but but it, but it gets right to the eye point. Eye-opening. Yeah, it's eye-opening, but it's to the point. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to... I mean, I, but I, I want to say it, it's getting the Rick and Bubba seal of approval for one thing is that it, it is an easy read. You won't find yourself it, going... All right, wait a minute. I'm not sure that well, I understand I what he's saying. You communicate real well. It's going to open your eyes to Scripture yeah. and help you to understand some of this uh, more than, an, as you like to say, Rick, uh, an inch uh, thick and a mile wide. I mean, that's uh, yeah. you, you, mm. you're going to get a little more meat out of this, and, and I think it'll help you to grow. It really does. It's, it's just, just us discussing it. I love this. I do, too. And, Jay, I will say this. I think it takes these verses that have meant so much to us don't hear us saying it's going to make you feel differently about them. I think they'll mean even more to you. I think they'll mean. I think they'll mean even more. And uh, so, so Jay, thank you for taking time to be with us. And the book is called The Next Verse. Uh, and uh, you can uh, you can just go to wherever you're looking for books and look for this. It's uh, Jay Pay Leitner, P A Y L E I T N E R. The Next Verse. Uh, and add this to your resources. It, as we just said, it will be. Uh, a great value to you and your spiritual uh, maturation. And, uh, Jay, thank you for taking time to being with us, and I hope this isn't the last time we talk. Uh, Rick and Bubba, you've forced me even today to dig a little deeper into some of these verses, so I just honor that and appreciate you guys so much. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you are a blessing to uh, to all of America, let's say. Well, and happy done. anniversary. Happy anniversary, Jay. <laughs> I can go get those kisses now. Okay? There you That's go. It. You can go do that now. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> and thanks to each and every one of you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.